0: Smart politics for stupid times. Welcome to the Unprecedented Podcast with John Avosis and Cliff Schechter.
1: Welcome back, everybody. Thursday, January 21st. Freedom.
0: Hey, folks.
1: Freedom. Wolverines.
0: Wolverines. <laughs> Americans. Wolverine. right.
1: Wolverines. <laughs> so we promised we were going to try to make this a more positive show today, but that shouldn't be terribly hard because
0: we're free.
1: We're free.
0: Um... You can't, it's funny, I talked to at least a few folks yesterday who've worked in this, in all of this, you know, you know, uh, various political consultants, How my wife I met working against Mitch McConnell all those years ago. And you just sort of come to the conclusion, things just feel different. Right. Right. Like, so right. it's not always about, I, I, the only way I explain this to people is like momentum in sports is that sometimes right. it's not a real thing, but you feel it. Right. And that's the way this is, like the moment, it, to me, it was the moment that Kamala Harris took the oath, is that right. I knew the, that their era was over. And that was only reinforced by then Joe Biden's taking the oath, that amazing speech. I mean, who said that they, somebody, historians, someone was saying they've been watching speeches since, you know. Kennedy or somebody, and they thought Biden's was the best. I mean, I can't go far enough to say that. Yeah, I haven't watched that many. I can say it was an excellent speech that was perfect. And we're going to talk about this today in terms of balancing. Yes, we can't just forget what happened. Um, what happened happened, and we need to deal with it if we're going to have accountability and democracy. While also saying we're going to still try to reach out for unity where it exists, where we can find it. Um, and then after him, Jesus, Amanda, Gor- what's her name? Amanda Gorman. Yeah, Gorman. I, mean, I think. Oh my God. 23 years old. I don't know what she's going to do, but watch her. Because she's going to either be like on Broadway or the president or, I mean, the presence, not just the words she wrote. And then Jen Psaki last night, who's the new press secretary. tell people
1: who Amanda Gorman is?
0: She's the youth poet laureate. So She's this 23-year-old African-American girl. I can only imagine standing in front of a Capitol that was stormed by neo-Nazis two weeks ago. And she's this 23-year-old who... It not only is a brilliant poet, but the poise, which she took the stage over yeah. like a pro. Like she owned that stage. She took it over. She was, there's no, not a hint of, of like lack of confidence. I mean, yeah. she was better outside of, let's say Joe Biden. She may have been better than any other single person that okay. went up on that stage. And she arguably was yeah. as good or better than Biden. And Biden gave okay. one of the best speeches of his life. I mean, so. But i tell
1: you who, who she reminded me of, of all things, was the the younger sister, in ah the movie uh, Wakanda, the younger scientist sister.
0: Oh yeah, I can see that. Right? She looked like her a bit. Yeah, well, yeah. Because yeah, she
1: looks can... she looks very young. I mean, she looks very she's like She looks she could have been a teenager. I mean, she looks very young. But at she's like first this, I was like, this... oh my gosh, how old is she? Like 16 or 17? But no, like like this sort of petite woman with the hair. Back. looks very much like the Sister Scientist and the poise of the Sister Scientist as well, not to go all Wakanda on everybody. But she's got this poise for a 23-year-old, like you said, that you're going, oh my God. And actually the poem was wonderful. It was a little, um, I don't know what to call it because I'm not up on... Um, sort of african-american culture but it reminded me of, maybe not even african-american it reminded me of a bit of like beat poetry that they used to do in clubs in new york and maybe they still do you know what i mean there was a whole rhythm to it that isn't normally my kind of poetry and it was wonderful
0: no, it was. It was yeah. it, and it wasn't. It wasn't um, rap. It wasn't hip hop. It had those a little bit of that element to it, which yes, was it really had cool. Bit it of cer-
1: elements of the other things. In yeah.
0: Certain parts, yeah. it got. It had that. It started having that kind of rhythm, but it was yeah. like, it's. It, I don't know. It's hard for me to describe, yeah. but it, it, it was artistically beautiful. Yeah. It was perfect for the moment, and her yeah. delivery was outstanding. I mean. Yeah.
1: No very so, anyway, very nice. Um, Klobuchar started a uh, Senator from Minnesota Democrat. <clears throat> she uh, started, and what was nice was she sort of introduced everything. she talked about the attack on the Capitol, she mentioned all of that, which it was interesting because that came up pretty early on in her sort of initial welcome to everybody, which was interesting because I was wondering how they were going to handle that, and she mentioned it right away, which was which was good you know, because right. it's sort of the elephant in the room, literally the elephant in the room.
0: Um, it's always best with those things. I'll just say quickly, like, you know, you you teach that with in, in sort of press strategy and the work I do. If you can never get past something without addressing it, if you can address it, if it's a lighter hearted thing where you messed up, you make a joke about it. If it's something that serious where you obviously aren't going to make a joke, you find a way to address it and put it in the context yeah. of the moment. And I think she did a great job.
1: Yep, And it kind of acknowledges it too, which gets it out of the way, because in this case, it's not like it's a thing you want the whole event to be about, but it's so sort of an overcast over the entire event. Anyway, it was great. She brought it up. It kind of made us all go, phew, it's been mentioned, and then move on. Um, no, it was great. I mean, um, you know, the, all the former presidents were there except Trump, of course, which looked really bad. And what almost bothered me more, I say bothered from a historical American perspective, from a partisan perspective, of course, we didn't want him there. You know, I, I Cliff. My big fear was Trump was going to come anywhere. Was going to come, and yep. could you imagine, like, like either right before Klobuchar or right after Klobuchar, Trump standing up and grabbing the microphone? Wait, I want to say something.
0: Couldn't you fuck it Couldn't you imagine it? Well, he, or if he didn't right. do that, he would have made some sort of noise or done some sort of something to get the attention. Like again, I was worried too. I was worried time. he might show up, but what, you, what like you're saying, just because anywhere there's that many cameras, you're going to find Donald yeah. Trump wanting to be.
1: He'd fart the whole time.
0: <laughs> um, do you promise my- to uphold the Constitution? <laughs> <laughs> if that would get him attention, he'd do. I mean, what we've learned is, again, his whole strategy since the, his early days as a businessman – you know, um, or I don't even like calling the a businessman a guy that inherited money from his dad and threw it away. Uh, was that there's no such thing as bad press because because dignity means nothing and she, right. there's no shame. So even if if it's you calling in the fake name John Barron to tabloids to tell them that you're cheating on your wife and and that your your mistress is saying it's the best sex she ever had, which was the cover of the New York Post or Daily News, one the which you know 30 years ago that that's a headline you actually want. Most people yeah. would be doing anything in their power to avoid that headline because they'd value yeah. their marriage, their reputation. Not Donald Trump, you know. And so, you know, that's who he's always been. Yeah. Is, yeah. It's that simple. So, yeah, I, yeah. I, I was actually very happy he chose not to go, that his sort of Ike Clanton gang family chose, <laughs> you know, chose not to be there yeah. Jet with Clamp- him oh, either. I mean, Jed Clampett or who do you mean? I mean, Ike Clanton as in the Clanton gang from uh, the – uh, what do you call it? Oh, my God. I'm having one of those know. moments. Um, the uh, OK Corral. Oh, they were the ones who, okay. who, who 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 were the criminal gang that was ripping oh. off the cowboys and that Wyatt Earp and Doc Holliday stood up to and, and uh, as as lawmen and right. took down at the OK Corral. Right. Like it was a bunch of them were, were brothers and family members, cousins who were the Clantons, yeah, yeah. and they were you know they were basically a gang of criminals yep. united by blood. Not all of them, but that group was that part of it was, and that's who the Trumps are. I mean, they all enga- seemed seem to have engaged in their in family criminality, but their very own forms of criminality. And so to have any of them there, I I felt like Mike Pence was perfect. I don't like Mike Pence. He's a religious zealot. He was a sycophant to Trump. He allowed the last four years to happen. I could go on and on with only bad things to say about him. But you needed someone there for a transfer of power, and he was the right person to have be there.
1: That's what I was thinking of. Yeah, so like after the event, uh, Obama, Clinton, and George Bush went to – I don't, it kind of looked like the World War II memorial. I'm not sure where it was, um, but they they did this sort of. I'm sure it wasn't impromptu, but it felt very impromptu. Of all three of them talking about our country and the American people, and we can move forward and coming together, and and it was just a really. It, it looked. Somebody even said on Twitter that it looked, you know, kind of so informal. It was really, but it worked because it was the camera was weird. Everything was very casual about it. It was just really good. You no, know, there was that. And then they all went with their spouses to Arlington National Cemetery to the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier, which I almost forgot. That's World War I, which got me thinking, by the way, and I didn't Google this, but I wonder, have they ever tried to identify the unknown soldier, especially now that we have genetic testing?
0: That's, that's, great that's question a interesting idea. And, current, do, and as a country, do you I want to? I think it's, you don't want to, because it's, you might do it to give their family some peace. You know, and all that yes, kind I'm of wondering, thing. You, I don't think you would do it and announce who it was just because I think uh, you're, tr- you're you know, there's, there's a point to that beyond yes, you know, just the simple, yes. right? But it's ethically
1: interesting as to if you knew that you could identify him, would you not identify him for the majesty of it? That's a little weird, right? Because he could be every American, but what if you knew? Then the family does, even though the family is all dead at this point, right? From 1917, no one's alive. That was well. No one's alive who was. But other family
0: members and right? who may care is own tank, right? Not, yeah, not the, with your great
1: grandfather or something. Right. You know, it, it's it's interesting. In any case, it just got me thinking of it. But so all the all the living previous presidents, except Jimmy Carter, who had a fall about a week or two ago, really bad. I mean, he was still working away because Jimmy Carter's Jimmy. Going to say
0: he's the most. But, yeah, I mean, I just I don't want to interrupt you. See, I'm no, being careful here, you are. Uh, but Good, you. I do want to say. Like literally he, he did have a fall and right and I think right before that there are pictures of him he is what now 95 96 he's, he's yeah. broken the record for the oldest living um, former president um, and he there he was you know this I mean if you could find a better embodiment of what everyone, what Christians claim that Christ's message is you, you could find no better embodiment than, than Jimmy Carter. who moved back to his old town, into his old house he grew up in. You know, yeah, I'm sure he takes nice vacations and does some things. It's not very hard for someone who's a former president to give some speeches here and there and make enough money. He's probably a millionaire, but he hasn't chosen to make 20 or 50 or whatever million dollars. He spends his time building houses for the poor. Right. That's what, I mean, I I don't think you could find, you know, it's Gandhi-like almost. Yeah, yeah.
1: No. he really, it's, yeah, so he... Uh, he didn't show up because he'd fallen about a week ago. And if you saw pictures, like literally half of his face is black and blue. Imagine a 95, 96-year-old man falling. It was horrible. But he's okay, uh, but but just too old to travel. And with COVID, too, I think there's uh, – I know Cheney's family, to, the doctor had told Cheney not to travel because of COVID as well. Um, but the thing is, all the other former presidents are there with their spouses even, and there's no Donald Trump. Now, we're we're going to give up on Trump after this because I don't want to do too much Trump, but there were two – one – Thing that's worth bringing up just because it shows what a dick he and his wife are, and then the other that was funny the dicky thing was uh, the Washington Post reported yesterday that Melania left a note for all of the um, uh, whatever you call them, the White House staff, you know, who 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 sort of serve her every day. I don't know what you call it, right? But they take care of the whole place, they take care of you. I'm sure she's got somebody that helps her with the clothes and all this kind of crap, right? The cleaning I want to
0: make so many jokes right now, and I know I'm gonna be called sexist if I do, so I'm trying to hold back. If it's,
1: well, if it's sexist, you make it, you make a decision. <laughs> I won't, but. but you won't um,
0: to the White House like me, perhaps try posing naked. Okay, I'll stop. Yeah. <clears throat> no, so she, I'm not going to go into it dastily, but I mean, I've look, come to look, this, like, a lot. Go ahead. <laughs> so
1: she leaves a note for the White House staff, which normally you'd think that would be really sweet. She didn't want to write it herself. So she got a low level and they even said a low level staffer to write it in her voice. And then she just signed it. She couldn't even write her own personal note to the staff thanking them for four years of literally licking her feet.
0: I mean, because I, you know, and he, the thing is, that I very much believed in, um, you know, when when you don't you don't blame the family members, you leave them out of it if they choose to be left out right. of it, and they choose to behave like normal human beings. So, you know, I didn't spend any spend any time during the Bush era attacking Laura Bush, who. I don't I don't remember her saying anything on politics, doing anything of anything. She kind of gave a little sort of hints that she was pro-choice <laughs> here and there. You know, right. what? Do you remember the do you do you remember the onion going after her though? Well, there was the whole thing that she got in a car crash when she was younger and somebody died and they what did they do? Tell oh, me. Oh no. Okay, I'm gonna pull this up. I forgot
1: what <laughs> first of all, this is funny. I'm trying to find the one thing. It must have been an ongoing thing. They've got <laughs> um August fifteenth, two thousand and one, Laura Bush noisily devours infants. <laughs> oh my god.
0: <laughs> but I that's funny. That that's different. I mean that's that's oh, that's I mean, god, that's, that's just funny. funny. I'm talking about, you know, like calling her names and saying she's horrible and all this oh. sort of stuff. Like my the families to me so baron you know uh trump was off limits as kids and and frankly any of the other kids were i didn't say a negative word about tiffany until she started opening her mouth and jumping into the cult with her dad anybody who sort of stayed away from it but of course the other three kids were complicit right away and so i don't want to you know i don't believe anybody else should be blamed for what their dad does or their mom or whatever their husband or their wife but Obviously, with the stuff Milani said about Christmas, obviously, with some of the projects she chose to take on, you know, there and, and you know, not giving a shit out what it came out about, the kids in cages and all that stuff, that audio that came out, the I don't care, do you, stupid jacket. Like, she did a number of things that I thought were completely obnoxious, and you'd hear these tales from behind the scenes that she's awful. That she's right. not somebody right. who's trapped and we should have sympathy for because she married this guy who she thought was a different guy and whatever. She, we know why she married him, and she got what she wanted out of the deal, and she's an awful person. So, you know, I, I, I'm perfectly fine criticizing the hell out of her, but I, I do oh, realize I should be careful on the sexism stuff.
1: No, but, but she didn't um, – she also, Melania, did not uh, talk to Mrs. Biden, Dr. Biden. She didn't invite right. her over for a tea, which obviously Mrs. Biden knows the White House. That's not the point. The point is, you invite them over for tea, and she put a at show least of unity. And she could have done, even if Trump was being an ass, she could have done it. But Correct. once again, she was being complicit. You know, that's what bothers me about her. But, uh, but in any case, the funny part was, did you see the video of? And I swear to God, we're going to leave these idiots alone after this. Um, they fly to Mar a Lago yesterday morning. They arrive, I don't know, eleven a.m. or something. And there's Trump and Melania coming off of Air Force One. She's changed clothes and she's wearing a Mrs. Roper from uh that from uh, oh my god, what's it called mrs roper remember from the show in the 1970s uh
0: from uh three's company
1: three's company she's wearing mrs
0: roper's moo moo i kid you i thought she may have, like ripped the drapes down when she was in there and put them on it was I'm just, it was horrible oh, it was horrible and then they come down the
1: stairs together trump's like holding her hand he stops and turns to the cameras to do a whole thing and she literally looks at the camera looks away and just keeps walking to the car and leaves I mean, I'll leave. The car doesn't leave. But she—you literally see the camera. The camera's kind of panning, but staying because it was with both of them. He's—you've got to see the video because he literally. There's probably stopped. a whole
0: industry, oh. if, you oh. know, on uh, there will be uh, for tabloids now. You know, and specul- speculating how long she's going to stay with him. And again, the beauty for me is I just don't give a shit. You know, uh, when when the 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 coolest thing to me was, and again, that's that feeling I was saying—it's like momentum changing or something. They were so much smaller people <clears throat> when they got off the plane than when they got on. I would even say from his speech at Andrews Air Force Base, which of course seemed forced. You could tell he, he felt like exactly right. what you know has always been his nightmare—a loser. His family were up there with him. All the kids, you know, standing there looking like losers, looking dejected. Um, and you were just. My, my response to this was not like let's just put it behind us because we need to root out criminality if we're going to have a democracy. So it's not about. What he did, the crimes he committed, the, the the atrocities that were done in his name, every single one of those things needs to be investigated, and the perpetrators right on up to including him need to be punished. <clears throat> but as having him occupy any mental space of yeah. – my God, what will he tweet at the leader of uh, at the dictator in North Korea that might get us into a war? Who, you know, what drama is he going to play out when he says my crowds were the biggest or my ratings are great or you know C- N- CNN sucks or like you know all just the things that embarrass you, the things that are just ridiculous. The all the, all these people you know who are put in positions you know where they knew nothing about, where they didn't belong, you know at the top of that list, Jared Kushner, you know who obviously solved the Middle East yeah. crisis and opioids and the veterans' benefits. And, I mean, it just just this feeling washed through me of warmth of, like, you know, there's a lot of work to do, but but this is our country again. And now a word from our sponsors. Well, hey, guys, it's the start of a brand-new year. If you plan on making a fresh start for yourself in 2021, this is your time to shine. You may try reading a new book, getting more exercise, or even trying to change up your look. Plexiderm can be the key to a refreshed new look for the new year by taking years off your appearance, and all it takes is 10 minutes. Plexiderm is a clinically studied serum that gives your appearance the right kinds of changes, visibly reduces wrinkles, fine lines, and even under eye bags in just minutes. Plexiderm even works on laugh lines, number 11s, and crow's feet. Take up to 10 years off your appearance in less than 10 minutes, guys. The results will last for hours. John's excited. That's cool. Very excited. Uh, the results will last for hours, so you can take the next steps to reaching your resolutions. Confident that you will look your best the whole time. Even better, Plexterm doesn't involve any visits to a surgeon, and it's cheaper than a new gym membership. You can try a six-application trial pack for just $14.95 with free shipping when you visit biplex.com backslash voices or call 800-685-1292 and say the code VOICES. This order also comes with free shipping and a 30-day money-back guarantee. Guys, make those wrinkles, lines, and under-eye bags disappear in a GIF with Plexiderm. Visit B-U-I-P-L-X dot com backslash voices or call 800-685-1292 and say the code voices at checkout. And now back to our show.
1: You know, what was interesting, too, was that he... Only, I'm sorry, this is a really interesting topic. It's Trump, but it's not really a downer. It's actually kind of good. At least from what we know, he didn't pardon. He didn't pardon everybody yesterday. I mean, it, it, he pardoned a bunch of people, but but he didn't pardon himself. He didn't pardon his kids.
0: It doesn't look Did like he Did you read about why that was? I can share something if you...
1: Uh, yeah, I read some of what it was. I mean, apparently, uh, you know, Cipollini or whatever his name is, <clears throat> the White House uh, uh, lawyer or counsel explained to him in part that he would have to delineate the crimes if he did it correct now I think there uh, my guess is there's probably some dispute there as to whether you do or don't have to I'm a little surprised that Trump okay but, but it's an admission of
0: guilt is the, is the thing and that could eventually boomerang in the state court case that's what
1: I was assuming
0: yes yeah because it, because yeah. It, you get pardoned yeah. you're admitting guilt yeah. and if you're admitting guilt then what's right. happening? Is is that right. the states can it, then the states can use it in their cases to go after? Right. That was least what, what I read. That's what I was assuming because basically he
1: had told them that you've got to admit guilt. Now I'm not sure that there's 100 percent agreement on that fact that you've got to uh, admit guilt, which makes me think if I were Trump and I were going to do the pardons, I would do it anyway. I'd make them vague because at worst they're useless if you go to court. At best. They actually work, and maybe they even deter people from coming after you because some of the investigators think, "Well, God, we've got to put a whole case together against you, and then go to court to break the pardon." It just may not be worth it.
0: I know that you've stacked the courts too, and while they may not have been willing to overthrow democracy to save you, they may be damn well willing to protect you. Yeah. Now, Um, now, having said that, having said that, it it
1: well anyway. It makes me wonder. I I don't know. I'm the other. I'd read an article also yesterday that it is possible. It's interesting how the pardon power is very vague, I think, because it hasn't been tested much in court. So they really don't have answers to it. Like well,
0: surprisingly, we haven't had a need to test it. We haven't it. had a need and to, yeah. The whole administration's off from criminality. I guess yeah. we should be thankful.
1: You know, like the self-pardon thing, it's never been tested in court. They, they, Scholars generally don't think it would work, but it has to be tested in court. So on this one, the idea is, and even this theory is not always agreed to by everybody. But many pardon scholars think that when you accept a pardon, you are an area guilty.
0: of, of uh, is that an area of study? By the way, I'm a pardon scholar.
1: Probably. Oh, I'll <laughs> bet you it probably is. <clears throat> At least there's well, probably constitutional scholars that are specializing in the pardon. What's your dissertation
0: on? Pardons.
1: <laughs> well, it kind of makes sense though, because the right the question with this becomes all right. What was the – I told Cliff I wanted him to joke more, and he did, but this time you made me lose my train of thought. <laughs>
0: See, I'm um, trying. I'm trying to, to, to balance the not interrupting. Well, the we're trying to bring more. the funny back, the funny so I'm, back. I'm really, so, guys, I'm trying to sort of thread the needle here. So, you so know, just Get away me. from
1: all the scary stuff. But um, – oh, I know, but it, 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 so, many of the scholars think – that when you agree to a pardon, you are accepting guilt. And what what I was thinking, and apparently what you read, uh, goes along with this: that if you're accept, for example, Don Jr. in Trump Tower, if they're accepting guilt on their federal tax, for example, Trump's own taxes, if you pardon all the tax scandals that he's having and Don Jr. might be having in Trump Tower might be having, then possibly you're admitting or they're admitting that Trump Tower did cheat on their taxes. And guess where you pay taxes? You pay to the feds, but you also pay to the state you live in. And now the state of New York can say, well, you just confessed. And we all know that federal pardons from the president only apply to federal crimes. You have to get the governor of a state to pardon you for state crimes so they could be setting themselves up to be screwed by Cuomo, New York or anywhere else. Or Georgia, for that matter, too, right? Georgia, the all the stuff going on with trump trying to shake down the election officials uh anyway this is a really bright spot for me now by the way the other thing i think happened was i think mcconnell and or whoever in the senate told him if you freaking pardon yourself if especially if you pardon any of those freaking terrorists who attack the capitol you are going to be convicted in the senate and it means you lose two hundred thousand a year in salary which you know he wants of course
0: free money yeah um Yeah, so it's not just that Uh, he loses the two hundred thousand a year, which is a pension. I believe he loses he loses uh, all benefits, health, and this and that. He loses um, he has a million dollar allowance to travel. The only thing I couldn't find with that if whether that's a a million per year, which would really piss me off. Yeah, I'd actually look at a million overall. Either way. Into it. it's
1: not. Yeah. yeah, I actually looked into it. The problem is a lot of the stories are quoting the other stories. It's a little more complicated. Um, in, in First of all, you've got Secret Service protection. Because of an, the key thing is also Secret Service protection. Right, you don't lose it. Uh, because of an amendment oh, in two thousand 2000- Okay. No, this is what I'm saying. Some of the stories didn't do their research and they were all quoting. Unfortunately, this is sort of the nature of maybe not the Washington Post, but a lot of the online media people read, they simply read each other's stories and regurgitate them. And this one was wrong.
0: Yeah, or um, they're, just, they're searching for clicks too. So they just, they grab stuff from other people. They don't care. Oh, because yeah. I read this in numerous sources and, and I hate they're spreading wrong about fake news. Do what I can to not spread yeah. fake news. Yeah. And here I'm spreading fake news.
1: That's right. So the Secret Service up until 2013, you were correct. He would have lost his Secret Service protection if they either if they had convicted him or they had gone the next step and said, you lose the Secret Service under a 2013 amendment to the federal law. Now, even if you're removed from office, you don't lose the Secret Service. The one million travel budget is a travel and security budget combined a year. And some people think that that means it's money to pay for your Secret Service detail as well. So it's not clear how much of that $1 million is just for him to bop around the country and hold MAGA fundraising rallies. Um, what we do know is he clearly would lose his $200,000 a year salary uh, pension if if the Senate decides it. So the Senate would convict, and then there's a separate piece of legislation they would say, and for the punishment, do we want to remove his salary? and And by the way, ban him from federal office in the future. And then the Senate would have to vote on that Two in addition to conviction, so, gotcha. so, so I think he he I think he's worried about the 200000 things. That, that's my guess. And frankly, he's maybe about even, what? I'm sorry, he's worried about the two hundred thousand a year. I think. Yeah,
0: probably. Well, I mean, look, I mean, depending upon how long he lives, you know, that could add up to a pretty decent chunk of change. And that's he's fine. not somebody who can just be giving away money at this point because yeah. uh, he owes lots of it. Yeah. Didn't um wasn't didn't China say they're never going to do business with him again the other day? I don't think i covered Did, they? <laughs> Did they? I don't I mean, know. on the way out. Um, oh, that's funny. Somebody told me this, so I don't want to do this unless I'm sure. Oh. Okay, so China bans several – oh, so maybe it wasn't Trump. China bans Trump cabinet officials from ever doing oh, business with the country. Okay. Okay. Why would they do it to his cabinet and not him?
1: Um, probably Navarro's horrific comments, ongoing horrific comments.
0: I don't know why they wouldn't do him. That's a funny question. And Pompeo had been on, like, wasn't he on the board of one of those Chinese companies, which was originally, you know, and, like one of the Chinese tech companies, I think one of the phone companies, which was considered, of right. course, a conflict of interest, and they, being them, just ignored it and didn't care. Right. Um, so, they um, well, okay, so promoted and executed a series of crazy moves which have gravely interfered in China's internal affairs. Okay. They, in any case.
1: Let's move on. Um, let's talk a little bit about uh, uh, Mitch McConnell in the Senate. Because it's interesting, and I got some additional information this morning, but basically, every time a new Senate comes in, right, senators are elected for six years, uh, one third are up for election every two years. So every two years we have, it's funny, it took me a while to sort of figure this one out years ago, but every two years we always have congressional elections. Every House member is up for election every two years, which is kind of crazy. Because literally you win, and then you have to start raising money again for the next election. It's crazy. In the Senate, you're elected for six years. But we still have elections every two years because they're tiered. So every two years, a third of the Senate is up for re-election. And then they win for another six years. And then two years later, the next third is up, right? So um, every time a new Senate comes in, or at least new members come in, like now we've got Ossoff and Warnock. And uh, what's his name? Padilla, I think, from California, replacing Kamala. I think it's Padilla's name. So so when they come in, you've now got a new balance of power in the Senate. And for example, you guys know now we have 50-50, 50 50 Dems, 50 Republicans. Kamala Kamala Harris breaks the tie. So it's 51 in essence. You've now got to establish the committees. Well, the committee sizes, how many Republicans, how many Democrats, is based on how many seats you have in the Senate overall. Now, this is something I think a lot of people don't realize. Literally, the the number of Republicans and Democrats on the committee will change. So it could be 60-40. It could be 70-30 if you've got a really – and the House works the same way. Well, you've got 50-50. Now, in the past, at least sometimes, we've split committees 50-50. So it would be 50% Dems, 50% Republicans, and when they have a vote – and this gets really complicated, but I think it's important – when you're trying to pass legislation or you're trying to pass nominees or something, you know, how they they have hearings in the committee like they're having judge today, you know, Buttigieg for transportation secretary.
0: By the way, he comments. announced his husband. Uh, he, he introduced his okay. husband oh, was there, which I thought, yeah. I, to That's you, John, because that was a pretty big moment. That's never happened before. Oh, um, yeah.
1: So eventually they will have a committee markup where they mark up legislation, meaning they bring up all the legislation they're discussing and they have a vote on it. In other words, they will vote in the committee on Buttigieg's nomination, and if he gets enough vote to pass committee, then it gets sent to the Senate floor for another vote. It can also get killed in committee by either not having a vote or having a vote where you lose. Too many people vote against it in the committee, it dies. So that's kind of how the member, uh, I'm just a bill, I'm just a bill, that's how it works in committee. Well, whether you get it on a committee, if a committee is 50-50, that can be a problem, right? You know, Six Dems say yes, six Republicans say No. Typically, when it's split 50-50, you would then have a rule that says any time the committee splits and we can't make a decision, it's, you know, 50 percent yes, 50 percent no, we will send that bill or nomination to the Senate floor anyway as if it passed the committee. Well, McConnell is demanding that the committees be split 50-50, I think, and he's demanding that Democrats promise not to get rid of the filibuster, and Schumer is saying, screw you. Um, and the reason McConnell – So, wait, so to- I
0: understand this, John. Yes. He, what is McConnell's demand? that I believe
1: McConnell – from what I'd read, one of the demands was I think McConnell's trying to get 50-50 seating in the committees so that literally for every 10 Democrats, you have 10 Republicans in the committee. Right, and I thought
0: that they were agreeing to that. Am I wrong? I hope we're not agreeing to that because it makes me worry about how you call hearings and things. Well, the agreement was that Democrats would still control the committees, the floor. So Democrats would have control of the committees to to call committee hearings. Democrats would still have the majority leader to put legislation on the floor. And a tie vote would send uh, stuff forward. So, yeah, so I, I mean, to me, that made sense. Am I wrong? I thought that I don't was- know. I'd want to, I, I, well, the bigger hang up is you know of all of our people vote for it, right? It goes forward. That's all I, yes, care I mean, about.
1: Well, the filibuster is the bigger issue. What I want to know, for example, is how do subpoenas work, right? Can, can 10 Democrats on a committee vote for a subpoena, 10 Republicans don't? And because it's a tie, We've now subpoenaed Hunter oh, Biden. I would I just, need everything to
0: – a tie would mean everything goes forward. It would have to be. I don't – well, it doesn't have to be. You could – Well, that would no, be my forward. negotiation I think is where I would
1: be. Well, but around. we don't want subpoenas to go forward if it's a tie. If it's a tie and it's – OK, even worse. It's – here's where you get a problem. If it's a subpoena – and it's a tie, and it's a Democrat, Democrat subpoena. I want it to go through if
0: it's 10 Democrats, but I don't want it to go through if it's 10 Republicans pushing a subpoena so against- So here's my Biden. lack of understanding, John, and maybe you can help me because you worked in the Senate. The reason why I thought that that was- I mean, obviously, I feel the same way as you I'm, I'm, I'm just spitballing like, here, but yeah. No, but I didn't think that was an issue because it's the committee chair who decides whether you have hearings or not. So in other words, if you're going to sit down and discuss subpoenas or any of that kind of stuff- Even if there's none they wouldn't. They get to call the vote still, don't they? So there'd be no vote. A tie doesn't matter. Republicans will never get to that tie, even if half of them are for it, because the vote will never be held. That's what I thought.
1: Right. You know, as I said, I'm kind of spitballing this because what I was looking into this morning was more the uh, was more the filibuster issue. But uh, uh, let me look here. I'm just trying to see if there's any.
0: I'd be fine with that. Look, if they can win over a Democrat, you know, it is what it is. But as long as we control whether there's even hearings, then and whether there's a vote, as long as our people are good vote counters, then, then they're never going to get to where I'm fine with 50-50 in that circumstance. Right. I want to talk. We gotta, you know, have to reach out to
1: friends and see because I didn't ask them this morning and I should have what the danger is, if there's any danger in splitting 50-50. Um, now, we, I will tell you what's going on with the filibuster, which is interesting. McConnell is also saying he wants Democrats to promise they won't get rid of the filibuster. Which What's first of leverage? All, well, I mean, well, that's that's that. Well, their leverage is this: that in order to establish the committees with their seating, you need to have it has to pass the Senate. The Senate has to vote on it, and and Republicans can filibuster, you know, the okay. bill or whatever it is that establishes the committees. So uh, McConnell and then is saying, the
0: people, right, and say Mitch McConnell won't allow us to form you can committees. Try
1: Yeah, you can try. I mean, then it's a messaging war between us and them. And in the meantime, Joe Biden doesn't get things done because there's no committee to hear his people.
0: Yeah, I mean, again, and I would be I told you what I would be willing to do on this before, (laughs) because I thought to get Joe Manchin on board, we would have to do this anyhow, which is to go to Mitch McConnell and make a deal on on, let's say, a half dozen bits of priority legislation where he would have to agree to, to that he would not filibuster and then I would allow the filibuster to stay. If that's, but they're just things right now immigration, climate change, guns, you know, probably a couple other things I'm not thinking of right now. Well, obviously, COVID. I mean, I didn't think they'd filibuster that, but they might. So, COVID, let's throw that in there. Healthcare, like a public option vote. There's a bunch of these things that absolutely, that it's either, you know, if he filibusters them, then what are we even doing here? And I think we have. So I think it, I think if we were to go forward with some priority legislation, I would be willing to make that deal right. then. But no, he doesn't get to filibuster everything as a matter of course, because then we're right back to where we started. Right. Right. And as we you always mentioned before, the problem
1: is we've got Mansion and Cinema at least from Arizona and okay, oh what and, and what's
0: his name? What's uh, from Montana
1: could be. Oh, it's he something be contentious too. about the filibuster?
0: I don't know. what I, I, Those two definitely said stuff about the filibuster. Tester, obviously, I just know, you know, he's smart enough to realize he's a precarious right. position. He's, he's a Democrat from Montana. Um, I don't know what his – I haven't seen his take either way, but on certain other issues, he's generally been – you know, he generally right. was part of that Doug Jones, Joe Manchin, you know, club, Kirsten Sinema of like the four or five right. more conservative Democrats that were sort of, you know, a little more hesitant on certain things. It didn't mean they didn't come along, and most of them did come along in the
1: yeah. end <clears throat> anyway so that's kind of what's going on so it's a mess they're trying to get rid of the bill or dems are, well the weird thing too is mcconnell wants us to promise not to get rid of it which strikes me as bullshit because do you think mcconnell promising if he were still in charge what, what does that mean promise
0: Okay, well actually and then there's that. He I mean, they, they said they're initially they're gonna, you know, that they thought Merrick Garland was great for a Supreme Court justice, and then have nowhere yeah. they decide not to give him hearings. Fine, let's promise Mitch yeah. McConnell. And then if Mitch McConnell goes and you know, it'll be I, I actually love that. We promise as long as you're reasonable, you're good of yeah. it. And if you have to go complete fuckwit like you have in the past and block every single thing we bring up, then our promise is no longer good, right. as far as I'm concerned. It doesn't matter anymore. Right, right. I'm good with that.
1: Yeah. No, it's uh, anyway. But this actually, actually, and the point, the larger point here is that, you know, we've got to be and I think this is something that our listeners probably know, but I think for a lot of other people out there, they aren't going to totally understand that, you know, Democrats control Congress. Why aren't they getting things done? And actually, not only are there Democrats who won't understand that and say, oh, Biden's useless or Democrat, you know, Pelosi sucks because they're not passing Medicare for all or something. Well, it's so close in the Senate that as we said, you can't get things passed, even if it's all the Democrats, especially if it's all the Democrats, then you've got to have Manchin sign off on everything, right? So all of a sudden you're getting
0: – Yeah, has to sign off. Unless, unless you suddenly somehow have convinced Lisa Murkowski to be in favor of, of Medicare for all. Well, that's what I mean. If you've got a you. Uh, yes. you know but like any of those folks, and I don't, I don't exactly. think that's –
1: You'd have to win over a few Republicans or it means that the things we pass are going to be a little more conservative than we wish. That's just what you've got to understand. The other thing, though, is, you know, McConnell will try to tie things up. So McConnell, in a way, in a way, ironically, McConnell's in a good position because they and Republicans, they well, they're not in a good position. They're they're screwed because we control the Congress and the White House. But it allows them to say Democrats controlled everything in two years in 2022 in 2024, 2022, at least. Democrats right. controlled everything. And look how COVID's doing. Look how the economy's doing. Look at all the legislation we didn't pass. And rather than admitting that they blocked it because the Senate's tied 50-50, they'll just say Democrats controlled everything.
0: Right. And, and a I lot said of people this, will, this will, was yeah. their strategy, starting off with the Gingrichites. And it's what led to huge, frankly, ass kickings for us in oh. 2010 and back in 1994 because we promised change. They blocked it people didn't understand uh, what that meant. They didn't understand how things worked. That if Congress is controlled by Republicans, or even if, if in the Senate, they have enough to filibuster, which they almost right. always do, um, you know, then we're not going to, and we can't pass stuff. We're going to get blamed. That's all the more reason why realizing that they're going, realizing who they are. And this is what frustrates me about people mm-hmm. that are naive about this stuff. They are who they are. And they've been chastened a bit by what happened to Capitol shore. That's going to wear off as time goes on. Trust me. Um, and, you, you need to move now and Biden seems to understand the urgency by signing a number of, of executive orders immediately, like right away to show his priorities, mm-hmm. you know, to show that we're moving and we're doing stuff by putting together this whole working group on getting COVID vaccines, nationalizing it to the point of where we're coordinating, which we always should have been doing. But right. You've got to move and show people that you're changing their lives or two years from now, you will all be thrown out because McConnell yeah. will come. So. That's the deal you're looking at, and if you're going to, and if you're not going to be able to explain to voters, well, Mitch McConnell Mc- filibustered it. That doesn't work well in messaging. Yeah, yeah. So you need to make it clear that to McConnell, whatever you need to, these guys need to stand up to him that certain legislation he's going to allow through, or they're going to get rid of the filibuster. Right. It just it has to be that. Right. Right. And we got to. I mean, we'll see. But I, I just uh, you're right. I kind of wish we would just get rid of this
1: filibuster and get things done because it's, it's what they would do. You know, because we're not going to get anything done. I mean, even Obama—excuse me. Oh, even Obamacare. Unless we can fix, uh, fix it on reconciliation. If, the, for example, if the Supreme Court strikes down Obamacare, then we're going to have to fix it legislatively. But it's going to have to be fixed on reconciliation because otherwise, Republicans can filibuster it, and they will.
0: Correct. So, or get enough. Of one um, stat, right? Which right. is, I don't, I'll just throw out one stat. And I'm looking at this right now, not from the policy impact, which obviously I care deeply about. I I got into this because the hope of helping people. But I'm looking at this purely from a political point of view. Okay, if if what we do right now, if if they go to, for example, the Democrats, because of Donald Trump's handling of covid and numerous other things, we did better among elderly voters, 65 and up than than we've done any time since. Uh, John Kerry, and we've been moving in a negative direction for a long time on that. We won right. back a lot of, well, it, you know, they're almost definitive voters, and you want to hold on to that group. So what can you do? Well, via reconciliation, most likely, which reconciliation focuses on only budgetary matters, um, which you don't need, which are are not subject to filibuster. You can, for example, increase Social Security payments, which if Democrats don't do, do, they're insane because it's good policy and good politics. People need to be making more money than they are right now, or they're, you know, with so much that's gone wrong and with our markets. But right. <clears throat> what 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 also about people pay, paying less for prescription drugs, for example? If you can go and have HHS get rid of that stupid rule so that they're, they're, they were willing to do what the Veterans Administration does and what all democracies do and, and bulk negotiate you know, for drugs, which you're not allowed to do now. The, 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 the price, and allow, by the way, reimportation from Canada, the price of our drugs is estimated that it could go down 30 40 maybe as much as 50%. You deliver that tangible benefit to people, one, by the way, that also is about as moral as it gets elderly people are choosing between drugs and food. You do that, you're going to have a lot of voters sticking with you in 2022. You don't do that. You allow him to filibuster that stuff. So you see where I'm headed here. You've got to deliver these tangible benefits. I only picked one group of people there. There's many other groups of people that you need to deliver tangible benefits to also. So what was the last part? I said there's many other groups that non-elderly oh,
1: but voters, African-American voters, yeah,
0: but yeah. You know, but even more specific, maybe African-American women, whatever it might be, that you yeah. need to deliver tangible benefits or they're going to lose faith. Right, and I, right. And we've learned this from the last two cycle, last two first midterm cycles of our presidents, what Republicans do. They block everything and they say, see, they never really were about change. We cannot allow that to happen again. However, we need to defeat that. And you get into
1: the messaging war issue, which you and I always talk about you know Correct. that that it's all going to come down to how the public perce- it's not just what we do and don't get done it's how it's spun right so that uh you know the stimulus right i mean we're going to be having more stimulus type bills passed and the republicans are going to do all they can to say oh the money was wasted you know uh, biden broke the budget blah, 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 you know all that bs um anyway it's just it's just something we got to keep an eye on obviously but um what else <laughs> what else what else, what else?
0: Well and you know, and I was just going to say um, the and the positive side look I mean I you know you could say what you think I mean beyond the warm glow and the warm feelings of that of that um, you know the ceremonies yesterday you know we had our normalcy back, which is important. it felt like America it felt like a democracy um I you know I know there are some people who listen, who listen to our show here who probably have been engaged in politics for twenty years, some maybe engaged. For 50 years, but I think there's some other folks that, that have come of age or at least started paying attention during the Trump years, and maybe right. you don't know that what you you know went on in the press room, for example, was not normal. Right. Canceling press briefings completely, screaming and yelling and at haranguing reporters and calling them names. You know, if you saw what Jen Psaki did last night, who is incredible and a pro, right. served in the Obama administration, she was a spokesperson for the for the State Department, which is about mm-hmm. one of the top. Spokespeople roles you can get, um, you know, the, the sort of attempt to say we're going to share honesty, you know, we may disagree, we may strongly disagree at times, but we're going to do our best to get you honest information, which of course was the opposite of what happened the last four years. Just the fact that and she said, you know, uh, I'm going to be holding these briefings every day. Because that's what we used to do, folks. It wasn't like Kelly McEnany is in a good mood today, so we're going to and we're going to get a briefing, like I would. We get when she was there, maybe one or two a week at most. Oh, Stephanie Christian was there. We once. didn't get any. Yeah, I don't. think McEnany hasn't even been doing one a week because she hasn't done any for weeks now. Right. And when what's her name was yep. there, the one before uh, Huckabee's daughter, all she did was like frown, sigh, and scream at the press the whole time. You know, I mean, the, and Sean Spicer just became a joke on Saturday Night Live the way he behaved. Yeah. She treated the press with respect. She, you know, she even asked the question of if you're watching the guy from that crazy huh. anti choice, you know, outlet. Um, and I thought she answered that brilliantly, which oh, was, well, are you are of, of, you know, asking if he was going to about the, the Hyde Amendment, which is paying using public oh, yeah. funds to pay for abortion, because that's the only place right now in our, our democracy where there's, there's where you get to have your morality decide where your money goes. Why can't I say none of my money goes to a war in Iraq? I don't get that right. Right. If abortion is legal, I don't care. You have no right to say your money doesn't go to abortion, right? That's what democracy is. We vote for laws and the laws are put into place and they need funding and the funding goes to them. That's the way it works. And yet they got this conscience clause of theirs put in there. The rest of our consciences apparently don't matter. Right? How much money during the Bush years and Trump years went to, to faith-based initiatives, that as far as I'm concerned, a bunch of crap? But that's my tax money. So they asked that question, and she answered perfectly, right? right? Which is they tried to frame it as he had to choose between being a Catholic and pro-choice. And she's like, we'll have much more to say on, on you know, what we're doing with the Heidemann brothers in the coming days. But I'd like to remind you that Joe Biden's a devout Catholic who attended church services this morning and will be regularly. And she went on that, right? And it was like, yes, don't accept their frame. Right. He's a devout Catholic and he's pro-choice. It's it's you guys are cafeteria Catholics. And so when did the get...
1: other guy go to church?
0: Right, the other guy never went to really church. I got cheated yeah. on it on every wife he ever had, yeah. and you know, and, and you guys get to conveniently forget that, the, that is, is the 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 part about life in Catholicism applies to war and peace applies to people earning a wage so they can feed themselves applies to the death penalty, but magically none of that matters. It's only gay rights and, and abortion rights that that right. you know these to you know. So I thought that was a terrific response by yeah. her and yeah. seeing an adult in that room, which yeah. is awesome.
1: Yeah, actually, that's another messaging thing. Democrats should have done you know what Buttigieg did a while back to Pence, when he when he just eviscerated him on the religion question. We should have been eviscerating Trump on the religious question rather than having people sit there and now say, oh, he was such a good Christian. Right. And the church thing really bothers me because I'm sorry, but. In Christianity, if, if like going to church is kind of a big deal, it may. I don't know whether in the liberal, the more liberal faiths, it is. I can speak for Greek Orthodox, and I'm sure Catholics are the same. Going to church, big deal. Not going to church, big deal. <laughs> like, and the fact that Trump never went to church and then had these other little peccadillos, it's it's very or peccadillos, however we say it in English, um, it's really uh, it's really kind of amazing he got away with it. Um, yeah, you know, I can only but, judge
0: by um, some of my wife's family. They're, they're kind of part Protestant, part Catholic, and I can only judge by friends I've had, but yes, it seems to me going to church is a very important part, at least to my wife's family, the ones who are, who, take, who consider themselves Catholics, they're in church right. every Sunday. Right. Um, And 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 even though you know, look, I went to an Episcopalian school in New York, and Episcopalian, you know, Protestantism is not quite on the level of Catholicism, but I think you know, Episcopalians, Presbyterians, even those that are what might be considered the more moderate or liberal forms of Protestantism, I think they go relatively often too. I mean, the guy never—it wasn't even like every week. The guy never went to church. He clearly wasn't something he gave a damn about, and so it was clear what I've what I've always thought, which is evangelical. The most of evangelicism, if that's a word, is, is basically a cult. The ones that really actually believe in, in a strong form of Christianity who believe in that made that clear that because they broke with, with Trump. But the ones right. who just took what what was supposed to be religion and turned cult made that very clear because this guy is basically spitting in the face of everything you say you believe in, but you're with him because he's mean to the right people. Right. You know, and and so I don't know. In any case, the point is, you're right. We should have, our messaging always should have been pushing back on that. And our messaging always, quite frankly, should be to not just accept their frame, which is why I was so proud. Yes, and talk he did that. That yep. they get to determine whether you're a good Christian or not by whether yep. you're, pro, you're by your anti-choice and anti-gay rights, as opposed yep. to the other things that this Pope and the Catholic Church in general oh, has put on a much higher or at least equal I mean, plane.
1: Cliff, how about belief in God? Not I mean, going I
0: to war for stupid reasons. It's
1: a no, forget that thing. <laughs> belief in God. you think this guy believes in God? Really? I mean, come on, like, and it's, really? it's not even you don't even have to go at the basic levels of like different things. This guy doesn't believe in God. <laughs> That's why I'm saying the going to church thing is huge right. among people who are religious. The fact this guy never goes to church. Does he pray? He never fucking prays. The only time he prays is when they put hands on him. And, you know, he's laughing inside when they do it. People I mean, it, it, oh, God, I mean, the fact that they can accuse again, somebody like right. Biden of not being a good Catholic when
0: Biden's like so religious is not even funny. You know, it just well remember anyway, they did it to carry. You know. They did it to carry in two thousand four, yeah. and they did it relatively effectively. It in really addition to it. the to the yeah. slaming him and the the what do you call it? the the oh, come on swift boating. I was looking yeah. for that term yeah. and all of that. They went after Kerry because Kerry, you know, our nominee in two thousand four, a Catholic yeah. was pro choice, and therefore yeah. he had to be he had, yeah. he had to be a bad Catholic. And they actually even there was a member of our discussion at the time. We hadn't come as far as we come now, but that was probably the almost one of the high points that period of time of like right wing control of narratives on cable tv and whatever if you think it's bad now it's gotten better trust me guys right. and you know and and they would push this narrative of carrie not being a good catholic and you're like are you fucking kidding me yeah. do you ever read what all the catholic doctrine says i mean mm-hmm. I, it I, makes I, it quite clear that starting wars for no purpose is a lot worse than, than abortion or gay right or being but, gay okay, you know is,
1: but this is where I think I told you, my friend, my, we could probably wrap up because we've been going for over an hour, yeah. but my friend Michael used to say on the Hill who worked for Ted Kennedy that he would prepare these briefing books for Kennedy's on issues that were like six inches tall briefing book, this huge book of information on an issue coming up. And and remember Don Nichols was the guy who would always do it. Kennedy would say, you know, why are you preparing me that? Or whatever, or With Kennedy's, or why are you preparing me that? Whatever Kennedy's accent. And he, and he would say that, uh, Look, Nichols is going to come up with you know one paragraph, on one piece of paper. There's going to be one paragraph on it. He's going to read it. And he's going to kill everything we're trying to do. And his point was not to say facts don't matter, but to kind of say facts don't matter. I mean, meaning in terms of what the bad guys do, facts don't matter for them. They just right. lie. I and mean, we saw it with and Trump. All we have here.
0: Ready with good messaging to counter it, because, again, you know, as it, much it's, as we have the truth on our side, yeah. it's not enough. And well, that, see... I, that's my point. And I mean, you know this, but
1: like you're giving all those facts that should be really obvious to people. And it should be really obvious that Trump isn't a good Christian because of all the facts you've got. But facts don't. Now, the question becomes whether we're in a post-fact era where facts don't even matter at all. You know what I mean? Or, or whether it's that's just you've got, to, you've got to sell facts to people because facts won't sell themselves.
0: But think about you brought this up. Right-wing messaging. Think about the kinds of things, and I don't want to go into all of them, but the kinds of things they would repeat about us every time they got up. Yeah, yeah. every time a good Catholic Democrat and Catholics have been at the heart of the Democratic Party for a while, I think of, I think in addition, you you know the, the entire Kennedy family, in addition to John Kerry, in addition to Joe Biden, I think of Dick Kebhart, a leader of ours in the House. I think of Nancy Pelosi, who's currently our House Speaker. You know Sonia Sotomayor and and others. You know what? To, to and, and she can't do it because she's on the Supreme Court, and unlike Clarence Thomas, she plays that role right and keeps her mouth shut as she should, right. because we want that to be above partisanship. But all the rest of them, who I'm talking about, and all the rest of those who considering themselves good Catholics, if you message that and respond it every single time, eventually people would get the message. It's that we don't. It's that we just sort of say, oh, that's them being them. They're going to say we're bad right. Catholics. No, don't let them have that. Every time bring up the Catholic support for labor, Catholic support for, for you know, opposition to the death penalty, Catholic opposition to starting wars for no reason. I mean, these are right. the things that need to be brought yeah. up. To, to 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 refute that garbage so eventually the dummies like Chuck Todd who just you know ask whatever it is that the last person told them on the show will ask your stuff and will put it on them and say well how right. can you be a good Catholic if you're right. trying to go and start federal executions again if you're going and saying why don't we bomb Iran you know for the hell of it how can you be a good Catholic that is why right. you need to fight back not just with good messaging but constantly repeating it yeah. Yep. all right I want, to say one, more I want to say one last, yeah. last thing. One well, is, overall, guys, you should be feeling good. And I hope you are. And I hope this is a positive podcast. Um, yesterday was amazing in more ways than you can count. All the firsts that occurred yesterday. You know, and I just we were talking about Catholicism. Nobody even talks about Joe Biden being the second Catholic president. It used to just be white male Protestants. It matters that there's a Jewish second Gentlemen, it matters. There's an Asian uh, an African-American woman who's vice president. You know, um, we've got two first families um, that have stepkids in them. And I think that's really important because it used to be, oh, my God, you got remarried. Um, whatever the reason, I just think all this is it, huge. So let's say that um, I want to say all that before pointing out that one thing that just broke that I think we should mention before we leave here as we as we leave the show. I don't know if you've seen this, John, but um, it turns out that that Michael Flynn, who was oh, one of yeah. the people inciting uh, the violence and saying that we should have a, the army, he was calling on Trump to have the military come in he, he, and, and redo the election. His brain's been taken over by QAnon worms. Oh, turns out his brother, General Charles Flynn, yes. um, was in the line of of command uh, when they were asking for more help at the Capitol, and he was one of the ones who refused it. He was
1: uh, basically Michael Flynn, who was the former national security advisor to Trump, who was doing all that. National intelligence that
0: Obama relieved of duty. Yeah.
1: And just was doing all that really skeezy stuff with the Russian ambassador, with meeting with the Turks uh, before he before during the campaign, he met with the Turks and was talking about kidnapping that cleric that's here in the States. I mean, really crazy stuff. Well, his brother is a general of the Pentagon. And for days or weeks now, the Pentagon has been denying that Flynn's brother was involved at all in the decision-making and the phone calls and the meetings about refusing to send help to the Capitol. And what now has been revealed is there was a phone call from Capitol leaders and from D.C. officials. So from the Capitol police and D.C. officials begging the Pentagon, like, send help, we've been overrun, you know, Pence is in danger, the Congress people are in danger. And the Pentagon not only basically said no for an hour and a half, but Flynn's brother was in the room, at least from the story I saw. He was in the room during those calls. Now, he is trying to claim oh, I had nothing, I got there, the classic, I got there late, and I left early because I just assumed everybody was going to
0: fix it. Did the Trump line? I don't even know Michael Flynn. Who's that? Yeah,
1: exactly. I don't I even mean,
0: know him. He got me coffee. Yeah. You should have totally gone with that.
1: So what's interesting is that, A, he's Flynn's brother, and Flynn was talking about having a coup d'etat, and a coup d'etat was basically, or martial law, and a coup d'etat was basically happening. And one thing that I mentioned on Twitter yesterday was, You know, you could have a coup in two ways. You could have the military try to take over, right, and assist a coup, or the military can assist a coup by not helping when a coup is happening. And in this case, yes, the military is not supposed to operate on American ground soil, but the National Guard is. That's why they exist. And they sat on their asses for an hour and a half. While Congress was overrun, while Pence's life was in danger, while every member of Congress's life was in danger, and they sat on their asses for an hour and a half, and I gotta tell you, you know, I'm not conspiracy minded, but it really makes me wonder to what degree anybody in the Pentagon was part of this coup attempt. Well, and, and Trump had put very a bunch of the there.
0: I will tell you at this point, in my mind, I don't have proof yet. I have no doubt that some of the Trump loyalists were doing something there. or um, are preventing this yeah. from happening. Um, we will have to see what I'll say about the brother. I mean, I started this show by saying, you know, I, I had to learn what an awful person Melania was. I wasn't going to just blame her because of stuff her husband did, which is my feeling on all this sort yeah. of stuff. So I'm not going to tell you. I know that, oh, his brother was there. It must be a conspiracy. But. We would all agree, all of us who use common sense or whatever, that it's certainly very, very worthy of investigation now. That if if inside sources, as this article says, are claiming that Charles Flynn, Michael Flynn's brother, was intricately involved in the decision to not send troops, which is what they're saying, I mean, that is a major, major place for an investigation. And if he's innocent, as he says, if he got there later, left earlier, just doesn't like his brother much, he'll be exonerated as he should be. Yeah but All damn it, right. we better look at that.
1: Let's wrap this up. Um, yep. oh, today's Thursday, yeah. So, and, you know, since I'm not expecting any calamities in the next few days, we don't even have to worry about whether we have to do a podcast God, before next
0: just week. sleep a little bit. Honestly, just, just bathe in, the, in the, the warmth of our country being led by sane people who actually care about policy and want to improve your life.
1: Yeah, very interesting. Very interesting anyway um yeah it's it's a it's a brave new world no i definitely feel better i mean everything's not fixed the republicans are still crazy half the country voted for the lunatic but you know this is a lot better than the crazy man being in power and i still can't believe we won the senate back that's just really funny (laughs) (laughs) i mean talking about unexpected in any case all right let's uh let's go cliff and we'll see you guys next week all righty take care guys and now a word from our sponsors Cliff, we are so grateful that vaccinations for COVID are underway. Unfortunately, the infection rates. Rate so what were you
0: saying? I screamed grateful. I, I was grateful.
1: Um, unfortunately, infection rates and hospitalizations are at all time highs across the country. In California, some hospitals are turning away patients for threatening duration care. While well, we are nearing the finish line for this brutal pandemic, getting there means staying safe. For the foreseeable future, only respirator face masks provide real protection from transmission. Unfortunately, the huge demand and limited supply of respirators means we are flooded with fakes and counterfeits that do almost nothing. Right now, the newdealshop.com has FDA-authorized KN95 respirator masks with anti-fraud labeling on every single package that can be verified right on the manufacturer's website. They're tested in the U.S. by the NPPTL and provide the most significant level of protection. These respirator masks are in stock in the U.S. and ship immediately for free. Go to thenewdealshop.com and get verified authenticated FDA authorized KN95 masks shipped immediately to your home or business. That's thenewdealshop.com, The newdealshop.com. The new